Hi, I'm Terrell Turner, the host of The Law and Finance Show, and today we have a great guest on. Now, one of the things that a lot of lawyers talk about is, you know, I really didn't know how to manage the business side of my law firm until sometime after I started the firm. And you know what? That's always an interesting thing. And then one of the other things that they talk about is, you know, I was really good at practicing the law that I focused on. But when it came to building a firm around what I practice law in, that was a whole nother ballgame. So today we have another great guest that is joining the law and finance conversation. So stay tuned for today's episode. So without further ado, let me bring on my guest. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? I am well. How are you? I am doing very, very well. Thank you for asking. Now, before we get rolling, what part of the country are you in? I am in Florida. Nice. Okay. So how is, and we're in what, early August. So how is the weather in Florida right now? It is hot. It is hot, but I will say though, last night and this morning, I felt like a little bit of coolness in the air, which nobody from anywhere other than Florida would agree that it was a little cool, but Florida, it was a little cool. <laughs> you know, that's always, you know, it's always interesting when I talk to like guests from different parts of the country because I'm in North Carolina and like I, I grew up in, in South Carolina. So I'm, I've been like training for a half marathon in November. Mm -hmm. And there have been a couple of days where I've like I've had to tell people like, yeah, if I don't get out there before nine o'clock, it's not happening. No, <laughs> no. You keep hoping it'll get cooler as the day goes on and into evening. No. <laughs> yeah, I've been telling people I was like, you know, my poor grass is just like suffering from the heat. And, and it seems like this summer has been feels like it's been a little hotter than the previous summer. So yeah. I'm just like, you know what? We'll get through it. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. Well, welcome to the show. Um, and before, you know, we get into the details of talking about, you know, your law firm, Beacon Disability, and just the type of law that you practice, can you tell the audience a little bit about your background? Sure. So I am actually originally from South Florida. I grew up growing up. My dad owned his own business. So I had kind of a sneak preview into what it would look like as a business owner, as far as the like accounting side, which as you know, is not very easy for most business owners. Um, and so when I was younger, I always wanted to be a teacher. I thought that's what I was going to do. I would teach um, my little sisters and neighbors, and I would make my grandparents sit down so I could teach. And so I thought that's what I was going to do. I thought I was going to be a teacher um, until I got to high school and realized that being a lawyer would be kind of cool um, because you always have to be learning. Um, every day is different. And we can really, you know, we're, we're a little more than a punchline. I mean, we can actually make a difference in people's lives as well, the same way teachers do. Um, so that I kind of shifted and went to Flagler College in St. Augustine, where I studied um, business and pre-law and um, had a really good time there while I was 
at Flagler, I worked for a small personal injury firm and the attorney that I worked with was a really good mentor. Um, he taught me a lot and he kind of came from a place of educating both the people that worked in the office. So that way we knew what we were doing basically. Um, and kind of the ins and outs, like a lot of lawyers are like, oh yeah, you just do this and don't actually explain the reason behind it. But he did. And he also would do that to clients. And then I went to law school in DC at Catholic University and was fortunate enough to work at a midsize personal injury workers comp disability firm up there and had a similar experience with an amazing partner that I worked for um, who came from always a place of service and education and teaching clients and those that worked kind of, you know, how, why they were doing what they were doing and, and whether it made sense or not, kind of what needs to be done. Um, passed the bar, came back down to Florida and started work at a firm in Jacksonville, um, running their social security department. And after about three years started my own firm. And then last year started the second firm, which is Beacon Disability, strictly focused on helping clients through their disability claims, um, with again, kind of keeping that momentum of, of education and, and focusing on educating my employees and my clients because clients have never gone through this before. So they mm -hmm. don't know what to expect, what to do, anything like that. Awesome. I mean, such an amazing history. I mean, and such an amazing like just journey that you've been on. And there are a few things I want to revisit and, and, and talk a little bit more about. Um, you know, one of the first ones you talked about, you know, just that kind of that that love for for education and you want, you know, on the track to wanting to be a teacher. You know, was there like something pivotal that happened that introduced you to lawyers or was it like a show or a person that you met that, that made you start looking down that path? It's funny because no, <laughs> um, it's I, I took a constitutional law class in high school and I was like, this is actually kind of fun, like learning it. It taught me history through eyes that I had never really seen before. Cause in an elementary school and middle school, like you don't get to know the court cases and the people behind the cases and the professor, or not, he wasn't a professor, he was a teacher cause it was high school. But I mean, he was just wonderful about trying to get us to realize like what the plaintiffs and defendants were actually like at that time. And I mean, constitutional law is, is history. So it just, it, yeah, it wasn't a show or a person or an event. It, just taking constitutional law and, and kind of understanding more about that was helpful. Gotcha. You know, I find that to be a very, very interesting process. Cause like I often have like this, you know, conversation with my wife. Like I, I guess she says it's kind of like a nerdy part of me. Like I'll listen to like these lectures about constitutional law and she's like, you're not even a lawyer, but I'm like, it's very interesting the way that they really you know, talk about the history in context of what was happening then. It's like, I just find that to be interesting. <laughs> it is. I'm, I'm glad you appreciate it. <laughs> now, you know, one of the things you also talked about is, you know, being fortunate to be in, you know, in firms and have experiences with partners that took the time to teach. I mean, when, when it came down to that, you know, was it, I guess, did you find that, you know, the person who was doing the teaching was actively engaged in continuing to learn themselves or were they just like kind of sharing based on their experiences? A little bit of both. 
the attorney at the firm in St. Augustine that I worked for in undergrad, he was always learning from other people. He never ate lunch alone. He went out to eat every single day for lunch, something, you know, as simple as Chick-fil-A to an actual, you know, five-star sit-down restaurant. Um, he was always learning from other people and kind of realizing that he he was very, very smart. But if you're the smartest person in the room, that isn't always the best position to be in. Um, so he was always learning from other people. The partner that I worked with in DC, on the other hand, um, she was also always learning from other people, but hers was more of a rigid and structured education where she was always striving to, to learn more from others who have, have been in those shoes. Now, something I'm curious about, because I run into this with accountants, and I'm not sure if lawyers do the same thing to where you know, oftentimes when I meet other CPAs or other accountants, you know, for them, it, it almost seems like education kind of stopped when they graduated and they only do like the continuing education because they have to maintain their license. You know, do you find something similar with lawyers or do you find that they're more apt to continuing that learning process? It's funny that you say that because in, in a lot of lawyer groups, there's almost always somebody who is like, oh my gosh, I'm three days away from the end of my CLE period. And I have 30 hours that I have to get in the next three days. What, where do I go? What do I do? And you know, I'm the nerd that finishes my CLE hours like two years in advance. So um, I, I think it's a, I would, I would like to hope it's an even spread of lawyers who, you know, do CLE in kind of in in time if we don't wait until the last minute because when you wait until the last minute you're you're also not getting anything i mean you're doing it to to get to the next point which i understand and um i do think it's important so i do think it's probably a pretty good split of lawyers who are eager to learn and are constantly taking cle's and then there are some um that maybe have gotten a little more comfortable or are just slammed and they just don't have the time to do it mm -hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, also staying in this, you know, this vein of teaching and learning, one of the other things that I thought that was very interesting that you brought up, and I, I want to talk more about it is, you know, when it came down to not only just those partners educating the employees and the people on their team and, and you doing the same thing, but also taking that a step further to educating the clients, like, what type of difference do you think that made for the client's experience? I think it makes a huge difference. Um, and I think it makes a huge difference for a couple of different reasons. Number one, it makes our job as lawyers easier because we're dealing with somebody who this might be the first time they've ever experienced this particular situation. But by educating them and kind of letting them know what is coming up, we've done this hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of times. They've never done this. You know, maybe they've done it once or twice before, um, but it's always such a stressful situation because it's their life in some fashion, no matter what aspect of the law you're in, it's their life that's on the line. Um, so by educating them, it kind of helps to take that edge off a little bit. And then I think that it also helps the client experience because they are able to understand a little bit more. You know, we're not just kind of doing things willy nilly, but there, there's a system and there's a process. And, and here's what we have to wait for in order for us to do the next step. And when we get to that next step, here's what that's going to look like. And so I think it gives the client a lot of peace of mind around knowing that, okay, my lawyer and I are on the same team. Here's what, you know, she said is going to happen right now. She's right. That's what's happening. So here's what we're going to do next. 
Gotcha. You know, it's one of those things that when one of the things we, we started a, a law firms and finance Facebook group and um, a lot of the episodes where we're, we're sharing in that group and because I think they become great, you know, conversation starters like the the conversation you and I are having becomes a great conversation starter for, you know, for others to think about. And one of the things that we posted today was talking about you know, that five-star client experience and, and what are some of the things that people are doing. And, you know, I've heard some people mention that kind of educating your client, you know, it does have a huge impact on the, cl the overall client experience. So when it comes down to, like I said, of educating your clients, do you feel like that's played a role in leading to referrals or leading to customer satisfaction? Yes, to both. Um, I earlier this year started a YouTube channel just focused on disability and the number of calls that we get from that coming from that place of education and, and picking out certain things um, that, you know, we get a lot of calls about and sometimes, you know, making not the same exact video several times, but covering the same topic um, in a couple of different ways after having a conversation with a client saying, okay, I guess I really need to talk about that in a different way to get them to better understand that. Um, and then so referrals, not only through that avenue, but also when we've got clients that are happy, um, that they send family and friends our way because they know that, okay, you know, Joe doesn't know what they're doing, but Caitlin does. And so, you know, she will help Joe to understand what's going on. And she's always, you know, the other thing to education is not just, it's not kind of a stagnant thing. It's, it's, you've always got to be open to answering client questions. And, you know, when they say, sorry to bother you or pardon the interruption, it's, it's never a bother that that's part of our job. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, one of the things that becomes, I think a little interesting for, you know, some lawyers, some firms that are trying to figure out the, you know, how do I educate my clients on what's happening is how to avoid getting too far into the weeds of what you know, because everything you know, they don't necessarily need to know. Um, so how do you kind of navigate that of like, what do I share with them kind of in that education process? So we have a broad general kind of overview of it and, and talk about it from that perspective. And then I'll usually kind of ask, does that make sense? What other questions, um, especially with social security a lot, it's okay, I know that is a lot of information. So what questions do you now have knowing that? And then that helps me to not only get a gauge on where the client is and, and you know, do they really understand what I'm saying? And do they really understand the process? Are they just saying, yeah, I get it just to, to, make the education stop, which sometimes does happen, um, which is fine. But, you know, or do they really have more questions that that I need to, to answer them so that way they can feel confident in where their case is and where it's going? Mm -hmm. That's always interesting because I've run into that some with, you know, with my firm of just being, I guess, cognizant of there are some clients where they're like, you know what, I really don't want to understand this. I just want you to do it. Yes. <laughs> so just like trying to be cognizant enough to pick up on those cues, like which ones want to learn more, which ones like, hey, just tell me the very bare basics or what do you need me to do? And then you do the rest. Um, so I guess for for when it comes down to, like I said, you know, educating different people on the team within your organization. It's like, how have you, have you seen them get involved with, 
you know, providing a little bit more guidance and explanation to the clients when they're interacting with the clients? They do. Um, my legal assistant is is wonderful, and she she and I are in pretty good communication throughout the day. And um, you know, if if I notice that there's something, you know, with Social Security, it it's part of what I like about it is that it doesn't change a whole lot, but it has minor changes. And so, you know, as soon as we learn of a change, we're able to kind of spread that out pretty quickly um, and have her specifically adapt. She's, she does a lot of the client contact. She's kind of my, my right arm. And so she does a lot of that and it, it is, it's, it's easy to, to, and same with her, you know, it's, it's sometimes she's like, I, I don't want to know more. And I'm like, well, you kind of need to know more. Um, <laughs> and so we'll go into it a little bit deeper and, and, but, but it's always meeting her where she is as well. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. Now you mentioned about, you know, starting the YouTube channel. Can you tell us a little bit more about, you know, the YouTube channel and just kind of, you know, how do you approach, you know, you know, creating the videos? Like, do you do them all yourself? Do you do voiceovers? Is it you on camera? How do you approach that? Most of them are me on camera and it's starting kind of to have, I have like a bullet point script of things that I want to get through. So that way I try to not skip anything. Um, and I also, I'm not just standing there staring at the camera stammering. Um, but it's just kind of thinking of common questions that I get from clients. And like I said, I mean, some videos, you know, my husband will look at it and he's like, didn't you just do this video a couple months ago? And I'm like, yeah, I did. But I get a lot of questions about it. And so here's just a different way of saying the same thing. And, you know, people will watch the two videos and realize that it's the same information that I'm giving in both, but it, it helps them better understand, you know, one video speaks to them more than the other. Mm -hmm. You know, now that's an interesting point because that, that's one of those things like when we when like my, my team and I, we create content a lot of times. I mean, like if you take a step back, the basics of accounting and finance for business owners, the framework of it really doesn't change much. So it's like you feel like you end up repeating a lot of it. One of those interesting things that I'm curious on what your thoughts are on it is was for me was wrapping my mind around the fact that, hey, just because I created this six months ago, the people who see it today may not be the same people who saw it six months ago <laughs> to where it's just like, you know, new people are getting introduced to you at, at, you know, you know, constantly to where it's just like some of the stuff that you covered six months ago, you may have to repeat it because there are new people in the audience who didn't hear that. I mean, I'm curious what your perspective on that as far as like how often do you repeat something that a fundamental that you may have shared months ago? Um, I don't have an, like a pattern necessarily, but I will see. I've noticed sometimes, too, when I do um, vi videos that I've kind of done two of. I don't think I have any that I've done three of yet just because I've only been doing it for eight months now. Um, but I do notice that certain ones will take off. And I think, you know, I don't attempt to understand the YouTube algorithm at all. But I think that, you know, just like any social media, it comes down to that. And, you know, what are people searching for right now? I mean, with Social Security, we are seeing a huge lag time in approvals at the state levels. And so, you know, people are probably wondering right now, how long does this process take? wondering that more now than they were six months ago when it was actually moving a little bit 
quicker. And that, you know, six month old video is going to show up for some people, but not for everybody. So redoing that, you know, can be helpful, I think. Okay, gotcha. gotcha. So, you know, if Formula wanted to go out and look for you on YouTube, what should they search for on YouTube? Um, the channel is Beacon Disability PLLC. So that's where it will be. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Now, I want to talk um, in, in kind of our, our final moments about um, the, the type of law that you practice, like, you know, the type of challenges. And so what are some of the, the, the feedback that or what, is, what are some of the questions that people come to you with to, that that like, hey, if you hear this question like, hey, Beacon Disability is a great place that can help you kind of navigate that challenge. So one of the things is a lot of people, they don't even realize it's a question because they don't know that there are two different programs, but there's two different social security disability programs. And so educating people on those two programs, which one they might qualify for because they have different requirements, um, or sometimes people fall in like a donut hole and they don't qualify for either one. And so that's a common question. Of course, how long the process is, um, because you can't be working when you're going through the disability process. So, you know, people kind of need to have their ducks in a row financially, if they can. Um, those are probably the two biggest areas that we educate around. Um, and then once we've got a client educating them on the importance of ongoing medical treatment in a disability case. Awesome. I love it. Now, if people are interested in connecting with you and, and finding out more about your firm, where can they find you online? Um, my Instagram is attorney Caitlin. And then the Beacon Disability website is just beacondisability.com. Awesome. Awesome. And there they'll see awesome, great things. Now, also see that you have the webinar links there. How often the post, how often are you guys doing webinars or adding posts to the website? We do a Wednesday webinar every other Wednesday. So we've got one, today's Tuesday, so we've got one tomorrow, um, and then every other week after that. So we've got two to three a month usually. Okay, awesome, awesome. Well, before we wrap up, one of the questions that I love asking every guest that comes on is, you know, when you think about your journey of where you've been and you think about, you know, some of the things you've learned along the way, what's two pieces of advice that you would share with other lawyers trying to navigate, you know, managing and growing their law firm? So the, the first thing that I would say is as a firm owner, that your primary job is not just working the cases and, and the legal aspect, but the constant marketing and ensuring that you have that pipeline of cases. So you can continue to do the legal work and support your clients and your staff. Um, and then the second thing that I would say is having you know, you don't have to have a huge team behind you. It depends on your caseload. Um, but having at least one reliable person that you can count on is is critical. Um, I think I waited too long to hire my main legal assistant. And I think a lot of lawyers who have done that say the same thing. Um, and since then, you know, I've, I've hired several others, but she still stands, you know, shoulder to shoulder with me on, on a lot of things and keeps me keeps me on my path. Awesome. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being an amazing guest on the show today. It's been a pleasure having you as part of the conversation. So thank you for having me. Time. I appreciate it.
You just checked out the Law and Finance Show, where we bring you great, insightful interviews that talk about the business and the financial side of managing a law firm. So subscribe to the show and check out more of the great interviews.